Sorry I can't get to the phone right now. Uh, do leave a message. There's a love. I do check them every now and again. Hi H, hope you're well. Just checking in to see how the Merlion weekend in Leicester was going uh, and also to let you know that I've arrived uh, all safe and sound in Spain but we've got a bit of a problem. Um, the villa's great, everything's fantastic but the Wi-Fi is really not up to much so I think we might struggle uh, in terms of getting the Zoom connection to do uh, TCD this week so we might have to put some thoughts into what the hell we do with 109. Uh, I'll give a little bit of thought but if you come up with any bright ideas uh, let me know. In the meantime, enjoy the, the, the rest of the weekend and I'll catch you soon. Bye. Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do, thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine, yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hi, it's Ant. I'm not around and you know the drill, so as long as you want, but make sure you do it after the beep. Hello, Anthony. Uh, Sorry I missed you. Um, I was half asleep. Uh, Lester's going really well. Uh, Not Lester Piggott, obviously. He's really not going well at all. In fact, he's not going. Um, That was spooky. But anyway... um, Yes, I'm relieved and thrilled to say that my my voice seems to have returned um, and I'm singing arguably as well as I was since uh, last November. So that was a nice surprise on Friday night. Friday and uh, Saturday last night um, went particularly well. Um, the, re- the reviews from the people have been fantastic. The, the crowd was was stellar last night so that was lovely um and uh i'm feeling much better although i do keep kind of going to sleep unexpectedly (laughs) as you can hear uh but then it is it is only the morning and i was up late with lucy worsley last night um burning witches um so um Yes, sorry I missed you, and uh, we've got Ben Castle, Roy Castle's son today, coming to play the saxophone on Berlin, which should be nice. He's a lovely chap, so it'll be nice to see him. And I'll be wandering over to Soundcheck um, in a couple of hours. So uh, I hope you're having fun by the pool, uh, soaking your feet and all of that, um, or walking on the beach in Spain, uh, in some cool cabana. Um, Toodly Pip. Hi H, sorry I missed your call and thanks for the message. Uh, I did take your advice and I'm actually phoning you whilst my feet are in the pool. Listen.
good idea that um, works actually because it keeps you quite cool as well um, how did the second in fact not the second how did the last night at, at Leicester go how did season's end go down uh, did young Mr Castle uh, turn up and do his thing um, let us know when you when you when you get a chance uh, we still need to work out what we're going to do with this episode of uh, TCD um, the Wi-Fi is definitely not going to hack it so we'll have to see if we can come uh, come up with an alternative way of of, of doing it uh, but just give us a shout as when you get two seconds and we'll see what the hell we can work out you you might also have to tell me what the hell was going on with lucy worsley uh, that seemed a little bit a little bit strange actually and speaking of strange lester piggett we need to perhaps be a little bit careful about who we mention in the future anyway take care have a good day and i'll speak to you soon Anthony, I was feeling a bit left out, so I put my feet in a in a bowl of water um, in order to get the feeling you know, uh, of being in Spain. I'm back from Leicester now, and uh, it all went very well. Um, it went it, it went great, really. Uh, ben did blow a great solo on uh, on Berlin on the last night, and um, from what I've heard, the feedback and everything, um, Saturday night, a lot of people including Rick Armstrong, who was there, said it was, his, his, for him, the best gig ever. So that's lovely. Um, I called Ben earlier, actually, just to see if he got home all right to Dublin, and unfortunately he wasn't in. But um, he has left a very nice message on my answering machine. Anyway, uh, talk to you soon. Shame I didn't catch you yet again. Hope you're having a good time. Bye. Ben here. We keep missing each other. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, uh, uh, thanks for your message. Uh, I did get back safely, thanks. Yeah, it was a much easier journey back than it was over, so uh, so that was good. Um, and I have such great memories of the night. It was brilliant. Um, I I told you already, but I, I yeah, I saw you on the Season's End tour um, at least twice, and then hundreds of times after. So, uh, yeah, it was a real buzz to be on stage with you all um, playing the sax solo. I remember when I first heard that sax solo, I thought, wow, there's a sax in Marillion. Goodness me, whatever next? Um, but no, it was a real buzz to see you all and hear you all. And um, yeah, it was only 15 years since the last time I played with you. So, um, so yeah, it's nice to have a, a regular gig. Um, I'm going to pencil in um, uh, 2037 for the next one okay it's just nice to know i've got something in the diary but anyway thanks so much for having me and uh yeah look forward to seeing you soon oh um uh, by the way um i i really like your idea about marillion becoming um a sax and vocal duo i, I think you're really onto something there um, but i mean how do you think the other guys are going to take that because you know um you know not all of them can really do other things um but um anyway it's, it's worth talking about but are you okay to break the news to them um because um yeah I, I feel that you know them a bit better than me but um oh yes just the one stipulation i have uh, h is that if if we're touring together separate hotel rooms please anyway thanks again and i'll see you soon take care bye
Morning H, hope you're well. Uh, I know you said you wouldn't probably be available this morning, but I thought I'd give you a try anyway. Um, thanks for the update with regard to Ben. Uh, that was really great to hear. Uh, I'd forgotten how long it been since he first got involved with the band so nice that he was able to loop back in and, and do the season's end um, night. Really interesting as well what he said about the vocal sax uh, incarnation of the band that would be an interesting experiment I wonder what the rest of the band would think about that. Uh, probably best not to ask them uh, outright though I don't know maybe you could throw the question in Lucy's direction see what Lucy's reaction to that would be um, you'd have to ask her because um, as, as you know I'm a little bit scared of Lucy but um, but yeah if you if you see her in passing and you want to put the question to her it'd be quite interesting to see what her uh, response was anyway I'm no further forward on working out what the hell we're going to do with uh, the episode this week but I am enjoying reading my new book um, so that's a bonus anyway I'll speak to you soon take care bye This is Lucy. Um, what's all this about a Marillion voice and sax tour? I'm, I really don't think the rest of the band are going to be too happy about it. Please tell me you haven't confirmed anything, have you? Look, give me a call. I think we need to discuss it urgently. And... Where on earth are you? Um, well, I suppose you are on a holiday. Uh, I, I ran the idea of the uh, uh, vocal sax tour past Lucy. Well, I say I ran the idea past her iPhone, but I couldn't get hold of her either. But I've left the, a message on her machine, and uh, no doubt she'll, she'll be coming back to us in fits of enthusiasm. Um, I'm going to give Ben a ring and see uh, what he's like at electric arc welding as well, because I've always fancied a voice and electric arc welder tour. Um, anyway, um, hope you're having a good holiday. Do give us a shout if I can help at all with the podcast, although I must confess I'm feeling a bit lifeless this week. So uh, not a me shimmering, shimmering, himmering best. Um but I'll, I'll talk to you very soon. I hope you don't get stuck in the airport. Dreadful out there, isn't it, at the moment? Uh, well, happy Platinum Jubilee. Have we had one yet? We should have one. Let's have one next week. Hurrah. Bye. Hi H, sorry I missed your call. Uh, I had to I had to dash out. I had to go to the market. Um, we uh, we needed some Cadbury's chocolate fingers. Uh, I can't believe we came without bringing any, but we needed some. So I went. I managed to get some, yeah, which was great. And do you know what? What's really great is they taste exactly the same as they do back home, which is fantastic. Um, but anyway, I went to the market. Uh, traffic was absolutely murder, so it was a it was a quite a trek. But on the positive side, I did manage to get you a, a straw donkey. So I'll have that to bring back for you uh, and hopefully get that to you next time I see you. Um, 
One thing I was thinking was maybe not mention to Lucy about the, the, the whole vocal sax thing. I don't know how well it go down. Uh, I'm sure you haven't done anything with, the, with it yet, so it's probably not a, a major issue. Um, the other thing, uh, and I did want to mention this, um, I know we still need to work out how we're going to do this recording, but I've forgotten to bring the, the diary with me. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was just one of those things. I put it out on the side and then completely forgot about it. Could you Could you actually do the recording and then maybe see if you could... Um, email the recording over to me um, and then I can, at least I can listen to the recording and I'll have some idea about what's coming if we do actually finally manage to get some way of, of, uh, of, of, of doing this week's TCD um, right, I think that's everything cool, no problem, I'll try and catch up with you later Monday, 10th of May, Oslo, day off. Woken suddenly by a prod from tour manager Quinna. It was the middle of the night, i.e. 9 o'clock in the morning. Everyone had to get off the bus and go to get on the ferry from wherever we were, never found out, to Gothenburg. I rolled out of my bunk into the half-lit chaos of 18 unwashed blokes all trying to grab boots and bags from a confined space at once. It was like a slow-motion replay of a crisis in a submarine. We all bundled out of the bus into a ferry terminal and wandered around like sheep for a while until we gradually discovered where we should be going. I cleaned my teeth as I crossed the car park and felt slightly, just slightly, better for it. Our destination appeared to be a steel corridor on a raised pedestrian bridge. In the side of the corridor was an exit, which was closed, but would eventually lead to a ferry, which hadn't arrived yet. This wasn't going to be quick. Ugh. We sat on the floor and generally hung around, mumbling to each other like zombies. Everyone had had about four hours sleep at this point, so our mood was subdued but affable. Ian Mosley lay on the floor like a murder victim and asked if anyone could draw a chalk line round him. There was a party of seven or eight, fourteen-ish year-old schoolgirls next to us who had all had much more sleep than us and, I suspect, had a somewhat more wholesome lifestyle too. They were all singing some inane romantic pop song, which they restarted whenever they got to the end. Well, it's always heartwarming to see the fairer sex having a good time, but at this point in the day it was wearing a bit thin with us lot, to say the least. Some old cynic in our entourage observed it would be only a matter of time before they grew up and set about the serious business of being tense and miserable around some poor bloke for the rest of their lives. A bleak view, I thought. By the time the gate was finally opened to let us onto a high-speed ferry, which had now reversed into the dock, we were all twitching from a need to escape the Von Trapp family singers and get hold of a cup of coffee. We bought coffee and Danish pastries, which turned out to be the best I've ever tasted, and set about the process of achieving respiration. Cold-blooded species have to sit on a rock for some time after the break of each day in order that the sun can warm their bodies up to a point where they can function. A touring band and crew possess similar characteristics. The ferry journey took two hours, which felt like five. 
I went out to the rear deck to watch the raging white torrent of the boat's wash stretching back to the horizon and chatted to Ian Bond about Richard Barbieri's amazing toilet bag stroke first aid kit, which included most available prescription drugs and even extended to the inclusion of emergency fillings. Much more hanging around ensued until we were finally docking in Gothenburg. I mused that the last time I was on a ferry in these waters, I was bleeding to death while a couple of Scandinavian sailors sewed my right hand back together. See the last verse of this strange engine. We returned to the car deck, boarded the bus, and I was back in bed before Charlie, our bus driver, had even started the engine. Woke up around two and made my way to the back lounge to write the diary. Downstairs, some of the crew were watching Schindler's List, and as I typed, horrified screams of men, women and children drifted up the stairwell. Lovely. Top marks to Spielberg for making a movie which had to be made. I've never seen it, and I don't suppose I ever will. I'm not the kind of person who needs man's inhumanity to man spelled out and reenacted before my eyes. I guess I'm sensitive enough to it already. The fact that it happened at all serves as a reminder to all of us that it can happen again, anywhere. And, interestingly enough, neither religious men nor religious institutions will lift a finger to stop it. We must all guard against the human weakness of forming into tribes in order to lift our self-esteem. We can feel good about ourselves without having to find someone else to classify as inferior. It's the slippery slope down into that same abyss. I tried to blot out the bleak noises and concentrate on remembering Hamburg and Berlin in infinitely better times. Our gigs there last week had been great and attended by many seriously lovely Germans. Stereotyping is, of course, part of that same slide down into tribalism and is as accurate a concept of sin as I can think of. We all do it and we must all guard against it. Right, I'll climb down off my high horse. Here endeth the sermon. Outside, the scenery was beautiful pine forests and untouched Norwegian countryside, occasional lakes, and then eventually opening out onto a vista of water, islands and fjords as we made our way into Oslo. I couldn't remember crossing the border from Sweden into Norway. Maybe I was asleep. We arrived at the centre of town and checked into a hotel. Opposite, I could see a great many Edwin Shirley trucks parked up. It turns out that Britney Spears is playing here tonight. I'm told she's on the road with 17 trucks. That's a serious amount of space for frocks, makeup, and a CD player, eh? I dropped my bags in room 323, later labelled The Zone by a drunken crew in white insulating tape across the doorway, and went down into the street, which had many cafes with outdoor seating. I perched myself down, ordered a steak and a beer. I hadn't eaten since this morning's Danish pastry, and set about writing the diary. Ian M joined me after a few minutes, then Steve R, then Ian Bond, and we sat and watched the Norwegian world go by for a couple of hours when Jan Henrik Orm, the singer of Gaspacho, showed up with his partner Anna Lee and announced he was going to take us somewhere better. You've just got to love the nogs. He hailed a cab and took us down to the harbour front, where there were many restaurants and bars. After some deliberation, we decided on a traditional Norwegian place right at the end of the waterfront. 
there were pictures on the walls of old Oslo as well as crusty old seafarers. There were also some genuine old white harpoons, heavy-duty stuff. The bar had draft Guinness, and it was just what I fancied, so I ordered a pint, and to my surprise it was the best pint of Guinness I've had in or out of Ireland. Everyone was ordering dinner, but I'd eaten, so I stuck to the drink, apart from an ice cream sundae with eggnog. Different. Roderick ordered smoked whale meat, which arrived garnished with sour cream, red onions, and accompanied by strange poppadom-like things. I had a taste, and although I'm not sure where I stand on the subject of murdering such intelligent mammals, whaling is and has been a part of Norwegian culture for centuries, and I guess I should either become an outright vegetarian or stop wringing my hands. Well, it was delicious. Chatted with Eric, Quinna, Roderick and the Gaspacho family and drank Guinness till midnight, when we thought we should really call it a day before it all got out of hand. Jan Henrik wouldn't let us pay for anything, and despite much discussion, I couldn't even get him to accept money for the return journey in the cab. When we arrived at the hotel, Eric suggested a last beer at his room, so I went upstairs with him, and Jan and Annelie came too. Had one last beer, and talked drunkenese for an hour, before returning to the zone and to bed. Morning, H. I thought I'd try you a bit earlier this morning, see if I can catch you, but obviously you're out and about early doing something. Uh, I'm just walking along the prom, actually. In fact, you can probably hear the sound of the sea lapping against the shore in the background. It's quite idyllic. Anyway, I got the diary. Thanks for that. That's brilliant. Um, I've had a quick listen through. I'm probably going to ask you about Guinness, or probably not about Guinness, actually, but you said the Guinness you'd had in Norway was the best Guinness you'd ever had, including um, Ireland. So I thought I'd ask you, where, what other things when you've been out and about in strange places have you had that have been excellent you know like the best fish and chips you've ever had in Belgium or um, I don't know the best pancake you ever had in Brazil whatever it might be so just give you some thought um, so when we finally get around to recording at least you'll have some idea and I'm not going to have caught you on the hop Um, thought I'd give you a bit of warning for once anyway I'll catch you later take care bye Anthony, oh, we seem destined to continue to miss one another, but not to worry. Um, I'm sitting in the garden. It's quite, quite nice today. I'm under the wind chimes um, with the uh, with the dog, and uh, it's lovely. Um, yes, got your message about the Guinness. That's very true. The Guinness in Norway was excellent. Um, which led me on to thinking about the uh, uh, I guess it was it's hard to to remember really where I've been, where things have been unexpectedly great. Um, I do remember the fish and chips, the English fish and chips being about the best I've had in um, Orlando recently. 
uh, and Cocoa Beach just before uh, we got on the boat for Cruise to the Edge. That was a surprise. Um, and, you know, you wouldn't expect English fish and chips to be amazing in Orlando, would you? But um, much better than the American food, to be honest. Um, what else? I mean, the opposite tends to be true, you know, constantly being um, surprised when you go to places. A good example is is if you try and get hold of Mexican jumping beans in Mexico, uh, they, they look at you gone out, you know. Um, I had some Mexican jumping beans once, and um, they're fantastic. You just pop them in the palm of your hand and they jump about. Um and I got those in Sweden. Um, Danish pastries. You can't get those in Denmark. Um, they call them... Uh, they call Well, you can get them, but they call them Viennese pastries. Um, and uh, Advocar in, uh, in Holland. Ask, ask for an Advocar or, 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 God forbid, a snowball. And, uh, and they practically call the police in Holland. Um, so they're, they're sort of inverse examples, I suppose, aren't they, of things that you'd expect to be plentiful and, and, and are totally unheard of. Um, I did once have a fantastic pint of Guinness. Now, where was that? Oh, that was Dublin. <laughs> ah, yes, it was Dublin. The Guinness in Dublin is very good, but I guess that's not much of a news headline. Anyway, speak later. Lots of love. Bye. Hi, H. Sorry for whispering, but everybody else in the bed is asleep. Uh, I've been doing some thinking, and I'm not convinced that single day of diary will be enough for the episode. Sorry to be a pain, but could you record me a second day and send it across? I can then have a listen to that and think about some questions. Okay, you take care. Bye. Hey Siri, read message. Steve Hogarth sent a new message. Hi Ant, I have we transferred you the next day of diary. Let me know if you need anything else. Toodle Pip H, would you like to reply? Yes. What do you want to say? Hi H, thanks for that. Speak soon, Ant. Your reply to Steve Hogarth says hi H, thanks for that. Speak soon, Ant. Ready to send it? Yes. Okay, it's sent. That's everything. Tuesday, 11th of May. Oslo Rockefeller. Woke around 11 to a text from Dizzy and spent most of the morning texting her. Checked out at one and found Mosley the cat and tour manager Quinner sitting in hotel reception. We walked over to the gig, Rockefeller, which was only a few streets away. Hung around for a while and tried to see if Lars, who did monitors for us last time, was around. He wasn't. The locals said he was working in his own studio. I'm not surprised. It was obvious last time that he knew what he was doing. 
They have a wireless internet thing going here at the gig, so I connected to it and enjoyed using the Mac Airport thing for the first time. You either know about this or you don't. If you don't, then I won't bore you to tears by explaining it, but it's the kind of thing that comes in really handy if you're on the road, and it works like magic. My customary, oh my God, I've lost, panic of the day, came about as I realised I'd left my laptop charger plugged into the hotel room wall, so I hightailed back over there in the rain to see if I could find it. I made my way back up to room 323, and it had gone. I then asked the Chinese cleaners if they spoke English. They didn't, but through a process of sign language I saw eyes light up in recognition of my desperate mimes and one of the girls found the power supply carefully wrapped in a bag on one of the trolleys. Naturally, I thanked her profusely in my best Chinese-Norwegian and returned to the streets of Oslo. I decided to wander round the town for a bit get a flavour of the place and see if I could make my way to the main square where we'd stayed last time at the Grand Hotel. Eventually found it and returned to a cafe bar which called itself Woodstock and was playing live concert footage of Lenny Kravitz on the TVs. Seemed like a reasonably vibey place to write the diary, so I wandered in and was politely told by a pretty waitress that I could only sit there if I was eating. If I only wanted coffee, there was a coffee bar attached through in the next room. Fair enough. I wandered through into a less vibey coffee bar and hid around the corner out of sight. It wasn't waitress service, so I never actually got round to ordering a drink. I just opened up the laptop and got on with it for an hour, and no one seemed bothered. After a while, I looked up and recognised a familiar T-shirt coming towards me. It was one of our Carlsberg spoof T-shirts. Marillion, probably the best band in the world, proudly nicked from Carlsberg's own design and slogan. It was a fan from Trondheim in the north of Norway, 500 kilometres from Oslo. He and his friends had driven the five-hour drive to see us tonight. He asked if I'd mind if they joined me, and I said sure. Two more people, a boy and a girl, joined me. I can't remember their names as I write this in Stockholm, so apologies. Forgive me, I'm a cabbage. He noticed I didn't have a drink and insisted on buying me a beer. We chatted about why we hadn't played Trondheim and I tried to explain the economics of routing a tour. We'd need a day off either side of the show to make it possible. We chatted till I realised it was past five and I should be sound checking, so I said bye-bye and made my way back to the gig, getting lost for a while before ending up back at the hotel we'd stayed at. It was a bit of a circular route to the gig, but I arrived back in time. Soundcheck was peculiar. Nothing sounded quite right, and no one was admitting to anything having changed. My Kurzweil, one of the machines I use for piano sounds, seemed quiet in the in-ears, so I had it turned up quite a lot. Now, whenever you do things like this, you're asking for trouble. More often than not, the fault sorts itself out during the show, and blows your head off. So it's always with a wary reluctance that you change anything radically at this point in a tour. Anyway, there's not much choice if you can't hear something. Mark K was having problems with his in-ears, and it was decided that the transmission mast should be moved to a place more centre stage so that he could get a better signal. 
While the crew were sorting this out, the band dispersed and soundcheck was never really finished properly. This was to prove a mistake. I suggested we return to the stage to play the beginning of The Invisible Man, but no one felt it necessary. I really hate being proved right. I returned to the bus and descended into a deep sleep until I awoke automatically at nine o'clock. Tonight we were on stage at 10pm. I was met at the door by Quinner, who reminded me of a meet-and-greet arranged for competition winners before the show. Still waking up, I was ushered into a dozen or so Norwegians, some of whom had no concept of shyness, and got straight into my face telling me about their lives and asking me searching questions about mine. One of them burst into some kind of deafening Jewish-sounding lament at one point and insisted that I sing along in order to warm up my voice. I politely declined whilst casting around the room for an escape route, but there wasn't one. Another fan began rounding us up for a band photograph while barking instructions at us about where and how to stand. By this time, I was almost awake. To our relief, the meet and greet was eventually disbanded so that we could get ready for the show. Shock and rock, or maybe stun and run, would be a more fitting expression for it. Gaspacho were coming off stage having played to their home crowd and gone down extremely well, so I congratulated them. They're a pleasant and generous bunch and deserve good things. Then we hit the stage and my earlier instinctive worst fears all materialised in sequence as the keyboard sample sounds for The Invisible Man were all mixed up with sounds which should be in other songs. The guitar sounds were too loud in my monitors and as the show wore on, the Kurzweil returned to its former level and, as predicted, blew my and everyone else's heads off. Things like this phase us all no small amount, and we all played like idiots, queuing up to drop clangers. Oh shit. The first half of the set couldn't end too soon, and we went backstage to regroup and try not to perform a post-mortem. We duly performed a post-mortem, and generally complained and squabbled. Sense prevailed in the end, and we decided to return to the stage with teeth gritted to salvage what we could of our reputations. The second set went much better, and although getting into the zone wasn't really on the cards, I think we repaired whatever damage we'd done in the first set. Afterwards, John, Gaspacho's guitarist, declared it was the most enthusiastic response he'd ever seen from an Oslo audience, so that cheered us all up a lot. Showered and then chatted to Jan Henrik's girlfriend Annelie for a while returned to the bus and was sitting in the back lounge when a girl popped her head round the door and said, Hello, who are you then? All the boys lit up, as boys do when pretty blonde Norwegian girls suddenly say hello, and duly started a conversation. They've got a lot of front, these Norwegian girls. I was too tired to talk to people I don't know, so I slid upstairs and into bed. Slept, fully clothed, again. Woke up in the early hours to remove my shoes really must get round to getting undressed.
Hi H, would you believe it's me again? I'm just going to have to ask, I've listened to the second day of the diary, do you still fall asleep in your clothes on the tour bus or was that just something you did back then? Let me know. Cheers. Bye. Hello? Hello? Uh, me again. Um, got your message and... Um well, you know, those buses, um, they're sometimes um, very, very cold. They have air conditioning systems that are quite often set by the driver who doesn't know how it feels upstairs. And sometimes they're cryogenic. And um, nothing to do with the vast quantities of tequila that I've ingested. Uh, I end up climbing into bed um, and getting under the duvet still fully clothed. Uh, I have cut down a bit though on uh, on the on the amount of times I wake up with my shoes still on. Um, I, I I seem to take those off a bit more often these days. Anyway, Ben Castle's sax and voice idea uh, has blossomed into sax voice and uh, electric arc welding now, and uh, looks like Mosley's on board. Um, I'm still going to have to get it past the rest of the band, and I, I don't think Lucy's too happy about it. So. Uh, We'll see if it comes together or not, but um, I, I wouldn't hold your breath for Wembley Arena tickets just yet. Morning, Steve. What's all this about the voice sax and electric art welder tour? I hear you're looking for a welder. Could I offer my services? I did a bit of that in the old days at Rodine. Oh... Happy days. I've got my own van. You know, it's like a mobile unit. Um, so I just love striking up an arc. So give us a shout. Looking forward to this. Thank you, Deborah Cooper. Lisa Rogers Thank you Mark Patrick And Sandy Hoogland If I should come calling Let's not pick up the phone Let me talk to the answering machine I can cope with the answering machine I'm a friend of the answering machine Hi H, it's Lucy again. Listen, I've I've just heard rumours about a Marillion sax and arc welding tour. You've you've just got to stop doing all this stuff without talking to me first. I'm getting really worried now. What? Yeah. What? What? See, see, Steve. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. 
It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.